0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem
1: Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, October 29th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with
2: elite parrot trainer Jerem Jordan. We got a tweet today at uh, SB Trap. Tweets our pet bird Guacamole is pretty pumped up about the BYU Cougars this year. Take a listen.
0: (laughs) How about
1: that? That's pretty cool. (laughs) How long did it take you to train the parrot to
2: do that? I'm trying to train my two-year-old to do that. He knows the hand motion.
1: That is amazing. Also, the name of the parrot, guacamole. Guacamole. Well Well, done.
2: Hopefully it won't be consumed at any point in the future.
1: Well done. That leads off a Thursday show lineup that uh, I think we can all rah-rah about. Zach Wilson is moving up NFL draft boards, Jerem. Is he a legit first-round NFL draft pick right now? Through six games. Which major publication has been going in the first ten picks? Whoa. ESPN play-by-play specialist Beth Bowens returns to the show. What does she expect from Wilson and the Cougars on Saturday night? Plus, an emotional deep blue feature on BYU defensive back D'Angelo Mandel. And which opponent BYU football should add to the schedule? Marshall or Michigan? Or maybe Neither. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Number 11, BYU matches up with Western Kentucky Saturday night and the Cougars' first home game on Halloween since 92. About 6,000 fans will be allowed in. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes says the Hilltoppers will load the box.
0: Really, really aggressive, very confident in their ability to cover and a lot of man in the back end. and So it'll be, it'll be a great challenge for us to run the football because of the, the numbers that they commit to stopping the run and then a challenge to throw it because of the tight man coverage that they play.
2: Cougar Pre-Game Live begins at 8.15 Eastern on BYU Radio. Countdown to kickoff starts at 9 Eastern, and it's one of those longer shows because we'll go to about 8.13 local time, so enjoy that.
1: Yeah, we did this last week. It was fun. A little bit later, uh, for yeah. Ten years, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, six thousand people in the stands. There might be six million people watching Zach Wilson on Saturday. The Cougar quarterback flying up those draft boards, and now has the following projections: Yahoo Sports has Wilson going sixth overall to the Minnesota Vikings. Not sixth round, sixth overall. CBS Sports says 19th overall to the Chicago Bears. In both instances, Wilson would be the fourth overall quarterback taken. How about it, happened, that? it happens fast.
2: That, there's no more uh, there's no more place to climb to, no. That's pretty high, man. Brady Christensen is tied first with the highest pro football focused non-QB grade in the country. And 95-5 with tight end Kyle Pitts from Florida, who's legit. Christensen has allowed one sack in six games. Some
1: basketball news with Jimmer Fredette. He scored 22 points and eight rebounds. That's more like it. And the Shanghai Sharks lost to Guangdong, 119-105. But it's uh, all good. Jimmer had 22 and eight.
2: never want to lose to Guangdong. You just don't. <laughs>
1: all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports
1: News. Everything is awesome to steal a line from the Lego movie. For BYU football right now, it feels that way. 6-0, and number 10, number 11, depending on which poll you're looking at. Got a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback, and now he is a projected first-round NFL draft pick, according to Yahoo Sports and CBS Sports. And some other publications. Cam Mellers had him in the first round for like five years.
2: Well, Cam's basically a BYU guy now. Yes, he is. He's inherited BYU. He is now a BYU fan. That, we like to say adopted around these parts.
1: Jerem, there are mixed feelings for many BYU fans about this, about the prospect of Zach leaving early. If the cost of BYU football having an unbelievable great season is Zach Wilson leaving BYU early, are you okay with that scenario?
2: I'm not okay with it. I'm Great with it. Oh. Because I want great seasons and moments, and guess what? If someone goes early, that means they're very good. In basketball, if you stay four years, you weren't that good of a player in terms of NBA prospects, right? Like, we're hoping Yoli Childs is a second-rounder. If he was first-round talent after a sophomore year, he would have bounced, and that would have been awesome for him. I wish there was more of that around here. If you get a certain type of player, typically that player stays most of their career. There are exceptions to this. Uh, obviously, Sean Bradley was one and done, and uh, Austin Collie was gone after his junior year. Those guys, we understood. It was like, oh, Austin Collie had an incredible junior, 1,500 yards, led the country in receiving, and all that with Mike Crabtree. Yes, bounce, it's all good. BYU we still had a successful 09, by the way, without him. But uh, if Zach, if the cost of a, I don't know, New Year Six or something close to that, is losing Zach Wilson, and, and that would be worth it. It would be totally worth it because guess what? You remember the great seasons. You don't remember single-digit seasons. You know what I mean? This would be a a season that we would always remember, not just because of COVID, because it's like, oh, yeah, remember when BYU took advantage of that situation and went to a New Year Six and it was awesome, and Zach Wilson was a second-rounder or a first-rounder or mm-hmm, whatever? Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. And, oh, by the way, it wouldn't just be Zach Wilson that would leave early. You'd probably have potentially Brady Christensen um, in the mix, Kyrus Tonga, I would imagine, wouldn't come back for an extra year. He might leave. Matt Bush Bushman could come back, but right. I don't think he's going I, to. I think what happens when you have a tremendous year, uh, think about what Nick Saban does every year almost. He has to replace his offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. They get a job. I would think that Jeff Grimes would be in a mix for a head coaching job. Should be why you go to a New Year Six, finish top 10 in offense and all that. It wouldn't just be Zach, but we're focusing on Zach in this conversation. Yeah. But the cost of greatness is that you lose some things because – the players go to the draft, and or other coaches get opportunities. I welcome that because I want greatness in this season. I don't want goodness over a couple seasons. I would love to have one great season and go from there.
1: I am 100% okay with it because I look at the Zach Wilson mindset and think, what's going to be better for him? Uh, if he's going to be a first-round NFL draft pick, then go. What? What? I mean, yeah, he could come back and... Beat Utah and take on a tougher schedule, and maybe BYU has the special season, but maybe it doesn't go as well as Zach hoped, and he loses some draft stock. I mean, you've got to strike when the iron is hot to steal it off, to use cliche. Zach Wilson, if he's a, a consensus first-round pick, should absolutely go.
2: Even if he's not consensus. Even the if last there's just time, a handful.
1: The last time BYU had a first-round quarterback taken was Jim. No, no, no. Steve Young, technically, if you count the USFL. USFL.
2: Kind of weird, but yeah. In
1: the NFL, it's Jim McMahon. He was the fifth overall pick. Think about that. 1981? It's been since 1980, the 82 draft since BYU had a quarterback taken in the first round. You should go. If you're Zach Wilson... And, and you're yeah. probably going to be a first-rounder? And,
2: and it's been, I mean, it will have been 15 years or 14 years, those seven drafts, since BYU had a second-round draft pick in John Beck. So it, it's, it's been a minute. It just doesn't happen often. Yes. Here's, yeah, if Zach Wilson stays, he won't be first-round material after next year. Here's why. BYU's going to play seven power fives plus Boise State. So he would be exposed is too strong of a word, but he, they will chip away at him more. I think he should, as you said, strike while the iron's hot. Like, why, why wouldn't you when you're at the peak of your powers? You, you can be exposed once you get the contract, right? Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. If BYU can keep this up, this will be all we see of Zach Wilson potentially. Man,
1: what a season thus
2: far. But enjoy the ride. Enjoy every throw. Every, yes. Enjoy
1: Selfishly, everything. we all want him to come back and stay at BYU as long as possible. Right.
2: Let's be real. Though. It'd be come amazing. On. Come on. We've discussed this a few times, but it reemerged yesterday when ESPN play-by-play Anish Shroff tweeted, quote, Wisconsin is scheduled to play Michigan on November 14th. BYU has a bye November 14th. If I'm BYU, I'm on the phone with Ann Arbor. Hey, just in case, end quote. With this in mind, should BYU add a game to the schedule? If so, who and when?
1: This depends entirely on the outcome of BYU at Boise State on Friday night, November 6th. If BYU wins that game, and move to 8-0, and now have a top 25 road win on the schedule. They should not schedule Michigan. Stay as far away from that game as you possibly can. You don't need it. You have a validating road-ranked win. You're already number 10 and 11 without having played really anybody. You add Boise State and a win in that scenario to it, why are you scheduling Michigan after that? There's no reason to do it. Now, If there is any inkling of BYU not being a for-sure lock in the New Year's Six, even after the Boise State game, and it's like, ah, the bowl committees are telling Tom Homo, you probably need a little bit something more. Then you go and you pursue something with Marshall on November 28th and say, hey, we're going to have a New Year's Six buster game of sort, where two undefeated teams face off. It's another ranked game, and you pick up what you need. Now, if BYU, heaven forbid, lost to Boise State... I absolutely am on the phone with everybody experiencing a COVID nightmare and saying, we will play you wherever, whenever, because we want to reestablish status. We want to prove that we're the real deal. We lost to Boise state, but yeah, Michigan will take you on Marshall. Let's play whoever, whoever needs a game. We will go there and we will play because we want to help our status in the nation's eyes. So it all depends to me on what happens against Boise state. And, after Boise State, how much cachet BYU has within the New Year's Six bowl selectors?
2: And contextually, no one's calling for a BYU-Michigan game other than Nishroff's tweet. Yeah, idea. just an idea. That's not just an thing. idea. Yeah. And that's not going to be a thing regardless. Because today, the Big Ten denied Nebraska their request to play Chattanooga this week, despite Chattanooga being testing all negative. So the Big Ten's not going to have a non-conference game. They're just not. I, and it'd be an overestimation of their needs and BYU's value at this point. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think BYU's going to need another game. I think if they're 10-0, and 0, they're in a pretty good spot. Uh, that's in spite of the group of five automatic qualifier being there. BYU's not that, which we've talked about, and we always play this little sound. In fact, do we, do we have that right
0: now, the disclaimer? BYU does not have automatic access to the near Six because of independence. BYU is not a Group of Five team and therefore cannot be the highest ranked and auto qualifier. The Cougars will have to out-at-large a Power Five opponent. Full games sold separately, no batteries included. So what you're telling me, Jerem, is that BYU is not competing with the likes of Cincinnati
1: and Marshall for that Group of Five spot.
2: Correct. Uh, (laughs) And I don't think BYU will need another game. The danger, as you've brought up, is a valid one, which is, okay, after November 6th, next Friday, BYU only plays uh, two more games. Uh, they play North Alabama live on BYU TV on the 21st of November and then San Diego State on December 12th.
1: Yeah, does BYU fade to the corner?
2: Does BYU fade a little bit in that while other teams play very meaningful games that time of year? Traditionally, there are more meaningful games for these teams uh, with a conference championship game, but this year it's their teams going all the way to the 19th of December. So if BYU felt like they needed another game to get in, then yes, but I don't want it to be a game that – has a great chance of BYU losing. Like, I don't know why you would play that. I think BYU's going to be okay. Because if you lose, you, it just really blows up a, a really, really, really special opportunity for BYU the season. So, yeah, if if Marshall's there, potentially, okay, maybe. Like, I'm still not convinced BYU needs that to get into it. Right, it's six. All, it all depends on the situation. But if they the scheduled that and won that, it de- now BYU's like definitely. Leaves in, no doubt. In there. But if you lose it blew it up and you would probably regret having scheduled that
1: if BYU beats Boise State and then schedules a hypothetical game with undefeated Marshall and beats and a Marshall team, team that's still
2: undefeated at that point
1: number 15 they're going to be undefeated well, what they're, if they're Marshall scheduled. isn't undefeated then it's be. like
2: wait why are we playing this game again
1: <laughs> maybe Marshall's waiting too i don't know like tom Holmo, it is literally week to week for college football athletic directors right now like, uh, uh scrabble, scrabble, scrabble. Hey, do you want a game? Okay, let's do it.
2: Right, if you both have that game. BYU doesn't need another game, but if they do, they have three buys available. November 14th doesn't seem like a day that BYU would do anything. Nope. Post-Boise State. November 28th feels possible. December 5th feels possible. And then BYU's playing December 12th, and then they wait eight days to find out what happens.
1: I think there is great value in scheduling a game on November 28th, just so BYU does not have three weeks off. Because of all of the meaningful games being played around the Cougars. This is the. T-
2: so you think they should add a game regardless? Yes. Just somebody. Doesn't matter who? It's
1: a Mountain West what? opponent full, like if they need, need a game and someone's dealing with COVID in the Mountain West, like Colorado
2: State. If needs they the game want or another Mountain. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah, we'll they see. haven't done it except we'll, we'll for see. BYU or State, right? That's like, it. I, I, think.
1: I, I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll see what happens week to week, but I, I feel like BYU probably should add another game just to be playing, just to be out there, to be. you cool with UMass? Uh, sure. Whatever. If that's the only game available, and it gives BYU another opportunity to play and not sit out for three weeks, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it does, it's not fun. It's not fun for the fans, but it's BYU's playing.
2: Let's, let's just not do the flow sports thing again. And their
1: highlights are on Sports Center. And maybe UMass <laughs> would come to Provo. You know, we'll see. Maybe BYU has eight home games. I, I don't know. I'm They're... so
2: bored by the idea. I just presented. <laughs> I'm very bored by that. Okay. Oh. Oh, gross.
1: <laughs> Just It all depends on what happens against Boise State for me. Then reassess and move forward. Our question of the day about the quarterback, y'all. If the cost of BYU football having a great season is the junior quarterback, Zach Wilson, leaving early, are you okay with that? And why? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation.
1: First response in from at Jacob William Walker on Instagram. Is it too much to ask that we have our Zach Wilson cake and eat it too? Hashtag one more year.
2: If he really is a first rounder, it's I gonna, don't think it'd be a very smart move to it's stay. Gonna, it's going to be hard to say no to that. Listen, we all want him to stay because it'd be awesome. Yes. Senior year, 7P5s. But, like, I don't think he came to BYU to go to school. I think he came here to quarterback. Like, I. I didn't come here to go to school either. I came here to learn how to broadcast. Like, school got in the way of my education, right? But uh, that was me. Other people have other motives, right?
1: If Zach Wilson comes back in 2021 against that schedule, I'm going on record right now and saying BYU is going to win 10 games. That'd be awesome. BYU will win 10 games if Zach Wilson is back for his senior season even against that schedule.
2: That'd be awesome, man. 7-P-5. Coming up, Joe Lenardi thinks BYU Hoops will make some noise in March. What noise will it be?
1: And ESPN play-by-play specialist Beth Mowens joins the program. It's been forever since we talked to Beth. Going back to our West Coast Conference days in Vegas, what does she expect from
0: Wilson and the Cougars? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Pride of the Game on
2: ESPN. Join us for Countdown to Kickoff on BYU TV, 9 Eastern time, Saturday night. BYU in Western Kentucky. Watch the Cougars warm up in the all-whites and pink accessories.
1: We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It has been forever since we featured the great Beth Moens on BYU Sports Nation. She joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline ESPN play-by-play specialist. Beth, it's been 2,064 days, in case you were counting, since we were hanging out in Vegas at the West Coast Conference Tournament. What took so long to get you back on?
3: I am so glad I can, I I've had my counter over here with all the days since, uh, <laughs> and I finally get to take that down. So I am thrilled. And, uh, Uh, Hopefully it won't be as long again. I've been listening a little bit this morning. You guys must have known I'm a huge Mark Twain fan talking Ah. about not letting your education get in the way of your learning, as old Mark Mark used to say. (laughs)
2: Uh. Yeah, I went to a a Mark Twain museum in, I want to say, Hartford or something once. Yes, yes,
3: he's big in Hartford, yes.
2: Yeah, massive in Hartford. So are we, crazy. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about this matchup. You're calling the game uh, with Western Kentucky and BYU. BYU, and we were talking to you during the break, you've seen a lot of the best of the rest in Colin games with Coastal Carolina, and Louisiana, and of course Cincinnati, yeah. so here comes BYU, who isn't technically in the same category as Group of Fives, but mm-hmm. they do join that conversation of the best non-P5, so what do you think of BYU yeah. in that conversation?
3: Well, I'm really anxious to sort of see them live, if you will, although we'll we'll be calling the game uh, from home this weekend. But actually just had eyes on Cincinnati last week, their game at SMU. They look really good. Uh, It was probably the best game that their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, has played all season. Their defense is legit. They've got a couple of challenges coming up at home, and then their last three games will be on the road, including a trip down to Orlando to see UCF. So – uh, I, I think that will be one of the big things, you know, when you talk about a, a group of five team getting a New Year's six bid and then BYU obviously could get an at large or, or even when you're talking about playoff potential. I think Cincinnati is a team that BYU fans would probably want to be rooting against at this point. I think they are. Um, The other team that the playoff selection committee is sort of weighing alongside the Cougars right now. Uh, I think everyone else is probably a notch below, and I I don't know if they will be able to make enough noise. Coastal Carolina, I think, is a terrific feel-good story. Uh, But but I think BYU has a chance, not not to overlook Western Kentucky, but but next weekend with Boise State will be a monster game, Uh, I I think nationally in, in terms of BYU's chances.
1: Sure. BYU ranked number 10 in the coaches, poll number 11 in the AP, highest ranking for BYU since 2009. What's your impression of the Cougars in the rankings? Do you feel like they're worthy of that rank because there has been much conversation about, well, BYU's lack in strength of schedule. Where do you stand on that?
3: You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of BYU being right there where they are. And, and I would even love to see, you know, it, it's such a unique season uh, why, why are we ranking, like, say, the Big Ten right now? Why don't we wait a few weeks for them to build up a little bit of a resume? Uh, you look at a BYU team; they're six they're and zero, and they're, so they are—they uh, already have uh, wins on the resume to sort of prove their worthiness. And I, I, I love to see them and, and Cincinnati right there in the mix because they have been playing. And let's, let's give the, the Big Ten teams a chance maybe to work their way into that conversation. Same thing, I think, when the Pac-12 and the Mountain West starts up. But, you know, the voters and, and, and folks nationwide look at things a little differently. So, uh, But, you know, one of the big curveballs, I think, obviously, that COVID is throwing is what's going to happen to Wisconsin and what's going to happen to the rest of the Big Ten now if they have um, uh, big problems with the pandemic.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting year, right, when you look at Indiana at 18 and Coastal Carolina at 20, and then you see USC and <laughs> Iowa State and Oklahoma and Boy State. It's, it's weird. I kind of like the weirdness, but uh, BYU's taking advantage <laughs> yeah. of this. And one guy who has is Zach Wilson. And gosh, Beth, we thought he'd be better this year, healthy and a junior and all that, but we did not expect mm-hmm. him to be in the Heisman race. What have you thought of what Zach has done this year?
3: I think he's one of the, certainly the breakout stars of of the season. I think we knew what we were going to get from, say, Trevor Lawrence and a Justin Fields, but I I would think he's right there um, in the conversation with those guys, depending on how things play out in terms of a a Heisman Trophy race. you, You guys are aware. You go back to Detmer in 1990, the last time that a guy from outside the Power Five won it, and and I was actually looking at some of Ty's numbers. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> from that, not 1990 season, I, you know, his 41 touchdowns um, were uh, paled in comparison to the 42 NCAA records uh, <laughs> uh, that he apparently set that season. So uh, I, I think Zach ha- has been so much fun to watch because as more and more of his story comes out, all the hard work that that he put in, you know, driving to California in the off season to make the most of what uh, you know could have been a difficult situation all around, and and put in the work and put in the training. And I, I love to see these guys that seek out, you know, sources. The the, the a guy like a John Beck and, and a Drew Brees and guys that came before him that that did it well, and, and wanting to soak up all that that information um i think is a really cool thing to see and then certainly being able to team up with this new group of wide receivers and um you know hopefully we'll see gunner back this weekend you probably have more info um we're going to talk to the coaches tomorrow about that but just uh you know, for for uh, someone uh, like me and a fan who grew up in the heyday of of BYU throwing the pill all over the yard with <laughs> uh, the likes of McMahon and Steve Young, it's it's great to see that back uh, in in Provo.
1: Certainly, Beth Moens, play by play specialist for ESPN, is going to call the BYU Western Kentucky game on ESPN Saturday night. We've been diving into just why Western Kentucky goes from a team that was nine and four and returns a majority of their defensive starters to really struggling to this point, two and four. And now BYU is a heavy favorite. What's the reason behind Western Kentucky's digression this season?
3: You know, just from, from what I've been able to see and, and statistically that the the defense still looks pretty good. It's the offensive numbers that, that have declined. Obviously uh, they're, they're replacing uh, their quarterback this year. And it seems like it's been a two man job to this point, which is always, you know, kind of a dicey situation, but the run game numbers are down they're scoring a touchdown less per game. They've only had one game all season with 300 yards of total offense so I think they've really struggled to get the run game going and that's obviously affected uh the entire offense and and that will certainly be a big issue uh against the big ends up front for BYU this weekend but that that seems to be the problem and they still have not announced a starting quarterback. Both guys have been kind of dinged up this year so. Uh, advantage I think to the BYU defense for sure to continue um, causing problems for that Western Kentucky offense.
2: Beth, are you prepared to call um, a fair catch for an up back in this game?
3: <laughs> I, I had not been, but now I, now I will be um, you know, the, you, you, you have usually the skill guys down uh, in, in your, in your memory banks and, and our, quick to be able to call those guys but yet now it's a whole new skill set not just the deep backs not just the long snapper and the holder but now we got to know all those other guys and and so that cr- that does create a little bit more uh more work for us for sure and and my spotter you know we are traveling our spotters Ooh, okay so he will be in provo uh and uh that that will be one of his key jobs is to figure out who those guys are uh mm-hmm. up up front yeah
2: and after the Chattanooga game, where yeah, Chattanooga is going to win that game if the other returner doesn't wave his hand on a kickoff. I mean, that was insane. But yeah, let, let's, yeah, let's talk about BYU. And we've been we've been talking about obviously New Year's Six. There's a legit chance BYU can get one um, if they're ten and zero. Do you feel like they're they're good at that point, or do they need to schedule a game late in the season when they only have two? When like all the big boys are playing every week.
3: Yeah, I, I I'm. Was uh, uh, listening into your conversation from earlier, and I, my guess is they will be hunting for another game. It, unfortunately, it looks like that Nebraska-Chattanooga game has been nixed by the Big Ten, so that's one apparently will be one less conference to, to try and pick from if dates open up. But that's going to be a big issue uh, because you want to stay fresh in the minds of the playoff committee. You want to be on on the national scene. I, I would not be shocked if they do try and add another game late in the season. Uh, My my five uh, things that we'll be talking about this weekend on the game for BYU, I I think to, to still have a legitimate shot at the playoff, Mm. you got to be impressive in, in your, your last four games. I, I think BYU fans ought to be rooting for Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio state to go undefeated and look good doing it. Yeah. And there's your other, there's your other three spots. So there's one open, you can't have a, um, Power five second place team that looks good with, with the eye test and with the resume, you, you have to have Oklahoma state lose and then you can't have a PAC 12 team go undefeated. And I think you have to have a Cincinnati loss. If those five things fall into place, I certainly don't see why BYU would not be in, in the discussion for that fourth spot.
2: Oh, and you're talking about
3: the playoff. The the Yes. I'm still talking about a playoff. So I think a new year six is absolutely um, in, in, in the mix uh, based on, If all those other things happen, I don't see why an undefeated Cougars team would not get one of the at-large spots because you're not necessarily worrying about all of the other things around a bowl game from a fan perspective. And even though BYU would travel well anyways, I think you are really locked in on an undefeated record and the eye test and BYU certainly looks really good in that uh,
1: scenario. Beth, let's talk about what would be impressive, we, specifically we against have, Western Kentucky. We
2: have to put on the uh, what we call the blue goggles <laughs> if we talk about the playoff, Beth. This is just we have to. Are those rose-colored colored glasses? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we're uh, like, oh, I see the playoff. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah our, our version of that—that's <laughs> for sure. Uh, Beth, l- let's let's quantify what would be impressive for BYU against Western Kentucky specifically. Is are we talking about a thirty-point win, a forty-point win? What, what what has to get the uh, what do it have to well, do to you get know, attention? I,
3: I, I don't rely heavily on on our friends in the desert. I I, I think the <laughs> line was somewhere somewhere around that thirty point mark last time I checked. Um, yeah, you know I I think I think the blowout win certainly um, against Western and and uh, North Alabama would be significant. And then I think you've got to be impressive, um, you know, in terms of uh, Boise State and and San Diego State based on what they do. The rest of the season, it certainly wouldn't hurt for those teams to have BYU as their only loss. And if you're winning by, you know, a touchdown or two, uh, that that would certainly catch my attention as as a uh, a member of the playoff selection committee, which I am not. Uh, I do I look at a seat on that table with the glasses that you just had on there, I think, <laughs> or, or maybe my maybe my wide angle binoculars that I use up in the press box.
1: That, that's I my it.
3: shot at a seat at that table. Uh,
1: I love <laughs> it. Beth, so great to catch up with you. Let's not wait 2,064 days again. And I think I've been watching yes. way too much HGTV because I want to compliment you on the barn door I was
2: going to say, the you. barn door is really nice. <laughs> Thank
3: you very much. Thank you very much. Actually, the, my husband is uh, responsible for the stone wall. And, and uh, actually, I was in charge of the barn door. I nice. did, uh, That was hands-on for me with the sander wow. and the stain. and Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Urban oh. Rustic. Urban, Urban rustic, we like rustic. to say. Yeah, yes. We're, we're going to need yeah. to
1: talk interior design next time, Beth. So we'll, we'll <laughs> save some time for that. <laughs> That's
3: nice stone wall behind you guys. So I'll, I'll give you the thumbs up
2: on that. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks, Beth. Enjoy the call on Saturday night.
3: Thanks, guys. Looking forward to it.
1: Beth Mowen's on the Deseret First Credit <laughs> Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. She's
2: great, man. She's so fantastic. She's awesome. She's been with ESPN forever. Yeah, she makes some super valid points, too. And but Listen. Don't ever accuse us of being the hype trained leaders. Because Beth of her own volition, we didn't even bring up the playoff.
1: She did it on her own. Yeah, we haven't been doing that. We haven't been the ones that bring it up all season. It's Herbie, been Beth the National Analysts. Mel Kiper on Zach.
2: Oh man. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. I'm
1: happy to let them carry the conversation. They're doing
2: it. <laughs> and by they I mean BYU, the team. They're the ones doing it. Okay. Coming up, a story of loneliness, family, and home. Deep Blue with DeAngelo Men.
1: It's incredible. Plus, what are the odds Zach Wilson is actually a first-round draft pick in the 2021 NFL Draft? This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: The
0: round is his number, right? This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management.
2: Alright, Cougar pregame Live, 8.15 Saturday night. Will Jason make the picture? Nope, still not there. Listen to Gregor Bell, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and uh, I suppose Jason Shepard. They take you to off Cougar pregame Live, Saturday night, 8.15 Eastern, on BYU Radio and the free app.
1: Sometimes we call him Jerome, and sometimes I'm called Spender. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. They're tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
2: Like Isaiah Kafusi. Pro Football Focus has BYU's Brady Christensen as the highest-graded non-QB in college football. Is he BYU's best non-quarterback player right now?
1: Yes, I trust the NFL experts and that they're all saying that Brady Christensen is a, a lock to be drafted into the NFL. Tell me who else is a lock right now. Yeah. A lock. I that, mean, maybe
2: Kyrus? That's not what they're saying per se. They're saying he's the highest-graded, but you'd think that that equates to that. Yes, but, yes. I try uh, I trust yeah. those guys. Yeah. Thanks, Taysom. You're welcome. BYU North
1: Texas. On ESPN last weekend...
2: Uh, Texas State.
1: Sorry, Texas State. North Texas is written in there, Texas State. Like, Thank they, you.
2: Like, they didn't play North Texas. North Texas
1: had their game canceled against UTEP this week, by the way. So, BYU-Texas State on ESPN had a larger viewing audience than West Virginia-Texas Tech in the Big 12. And the game that Beth Mullins called Cincy-SMU. Jeremy, does this surprise you?
2: Good thing we didn't mention that when Beth was on. Jeez. Uh... A little bit, because Texas State and late at night like that doesn't seem like uh, that big of a matchup. But guess what? People want to watch BYU more so than a top-20 matchup between Cincinnati and SMU. How about that?
1: People want to watch Zach Wilson. Yes, brother Wilson. And a team that's in the top 10 in one poll. Not bad.
2: On this day in 1988, I was 5. BYU beat New Mexico 65 to nothing. What's the chance this year's team tops that performance this weekend or at some point this season?
1: I don't think it's in Kalani Satake's nature or his philosophy for BYU to win by that decisive of a margin. Maybe 56 to nothing. I don't see a 65-nothing performance. What do
2: you mean? BYU's fake punting up 35 in the fourth. Well,
1: that wasn't Kalani's decision. <laughs> that
2: was not Kalani's decision. Although, I'm not really
1: blaming Ryan Rico because based on conversations that I've heard, this was discussed in practice. It's just about situational awareness, right?
2: It's about obedience. obedience. <laughs>
1: It's, yeah, if you, you see you, the yeah. opening run, I mean, they tell telling, hey, if you see the opening run, you got to be aware of at what point in the game you see the opening and what the score is.
2: Yes, Northern uh, North Alabama potentially. Live you think, on BYU. Think sixty-five nothing. Live on BYU. I don't know.
1: Okay, Joe Linardi, our bracketologist at ESPN, names BYU as one of three non-Gonzaga mid-majors. He expects to make noise in March. What kind of noise will BYU make in March?
2: Yeah, baby! That's the noise they'll make. No, the Mark I,
1: Pope. That's a Mark Pope thing.
2: Oh, this Jake Coulson! I think BYU in the tournament would be great, and I'd take it right now without knowing what happens. Like, sometimes we're like, oh, would you take a loss in the first round right now? It's like, I would take just BYU getting there at all. Uh, we didn't see it last year, unfortunately, because of uh, the pandemic, of course. And this team has some talent, but we need to see it come together. Jerem, single-digit seed. Wow, single-digit awesome. seed for BYU. And if they don't, single-digit seed. Well,
1: I don't, I don't have to worry about that because it's going your, to happen. Uh, I'll shave my hey, legs. You shave the peach fuzz on the back of your neck. I'll shave my legs. You shave your legs? Yeah, yeah. If BYU does not make down. the NCAA tournament as a single-digit seed, I will shave my legs.
2: Do you shave your legs regularly?
1: No. Okay. I've done it one time. I did it when I was twenty-one. Nice. And
2: I felt weird. Embarrassed. The details. <laughs> UI Swim and Dive will compete in a virtual meet this weekend with Cal Poly. The Mustangs? Mm. Both teams will participate in their own pools with scores and times being compared virtually. Which sport would be the most entertaining virtual competition?
1: For me, gymnastics. Okay. I just think the dynamics of the judges and you're competing not against a team immediately. Everyone's just kind of doing their own event. You you could do that. You could have a virtual gymnastics
2: meet. Judges at both Competitions With judges. Yeah, as opposed to timers.
1: And plus, just from a fan perspective, watching gymnastics live is like jaw-dropping every time that I call one of those meets. It's it's just crazy what they do, and I find myself having several fan moments of, oh my gosh,
2: that was amazing.
1: I don't know how they do that. So yeah, that, that'd probably be the one for me.
2: For me, it's Frogger, and then GoldenEye, and then if it's a BYU sport, it needs to be tracking. Too. Depends on who's Maybe. playing GoldenEye. I think Tecmo Super Bowl would be good.
1: Yeah, can we have like a Legends tournament with like Tom Brady taking on Peyton Manning in Tecmo Super Bowl with updated
2: that'd, rosters? That'd be fun. That would be super fun, right? Yeah, let's set that up. Okay. Okay, BOE yeah, TV. Coming <laughs> up. Yeah, live on Boa TV. Coming up. Know the phone, Western Kentucky edition.
1: And a deep blue that if you haven't seen featuring D'Angelo Mandel, you need to see. Emotional, emotional stuff. What a journey
0: he's had. This is BOE Sports Mansion. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join ESPNU
2: Radio's virtual pep rally from BYU Western Michigan, hosted by Nicole Auerbach and Ben Hartsock via Zoom. Tonight, 7 Eastern, more info and to register, visit SiriusXM.com slash pep rally.
1: Maybe we should have a late edition of Guacamole to uh, the virtual pep rally so all BYU fans can experience that. And other fans. (laughs) That was funny, man. That was amazing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation Live in Studio B. Can't wait for this next segment because it features BYU defensive back D'Angelo Mandel, who grew up in extremely challenging circumstances, yet found a new family and a new home with BYU football. This is Deep Blue, presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help.
4: Oh, this is like the movies. Yes, Oh, just like that. Uh, yeah. Deep Blue, D'Angelo Mandel. Teammates like, like to be around him. It makes everybody laugh, so he's definitely a good guy for the team. Single raid and mingle. What? <laughs> uh, looking for that special somebody out here in Provo, Orem, anywhere in Utah. You can't season your food, don't talk to me.
5: Met him, his freshman year was my sophomore year on the track team, then as the season went on he turned out to be a really standout athlete. When we were going to bigger meets, he was there so he just kind of became more and more of a regular asset on our team and we became really good friends after that. He was a permanent fixture here for quite a long time. After school, we'd hang out before practice, we'd get to practice and then after practice he'd come over for dinner and he'd hang out until he had to be home at whatever his curfew was. You know, when the kids would come over is just listen and throw in a few questions here and there. But with D'Angelo, I kind of knew that his situation was a little different. And I didn't... He wasn't going to be one that I could pry with. He was going to have to open up.
4: And it would proceed from there. I grew up with my mom, my biological mom, for most of my life. She had me when she was young. I'm not saying it was easy for her, but I just think at that time when she had me she still wanted to live the life that a 19 year old would want to live at that uh, point in your life so for me it was a little difficult cause it got to the point where it was just like two roommates just living together it wasn't like that mother-son bond that a lot of people have especially when you're just with a single parent so I got used to just being by myself all the time just figuring things out for me and just enjoying alone time, I guess. And it wasn't always good, because you don't always learn how to deal with things the right way when you're not taught certain things and you're just secluded by yourself so much.
5: It all kind of came out when he had some dentist problem and he needed to get his teeth fixed and his mom wasn't able to take him. And it became this whole crazy thing. And when we all realized that, you know, he wasn't getting all of the, the things he needed at home and wasn't having the care he needed, I remember in high school calling him because something was going really, lo- really wrong with him and his family and we sat on the phone all night because he was afraid to fall asleep and him being so scared and he didn't even put his pajamas on and he left the lights on all night. We stayed on the phone all night long talking because he didn't want to fall asleep and he was scared to fall asleep and then he woke up as early as he could and we both met up at our high school campus so he could like, you know, get away. and. I feel so guilty that he's ever felt that way. And I can't imagine how many nights he has felt that before, that there was nobody to call, nobody to talk to.
4: kind of got a lot more shaky as just the, the day and week went on, and then a lot of court stuff got involved too. So I needed... We kind of had to figure out what, what, what we were going to do from there. When I was a kid, it was, I never had that real family feeling. Just, it was never there for me. And I kind of, I wouldn't say it, but me growing up, I envied it a lot. And that's what I really wanted. And when I finally met the Mandels and things were going well, and they took me in. It just made everything so much better, in my life, a lot better. And honestly, it was just surprising to me, like, which is why I appreciate Adele so much, is because it was surprising how willing she was able to take me in as if it was just like, it was nothing new. Like, she just took me in as her own, treated me as her own. And, like, that whole family aspect that I was missing throughout my childhood is what I got from them.
5: It just became apparent that he needed more love and more people to look out for him. And we were lucky that he wanted us to be those people. We didn't do anything special. He came into our lives, and we opened up the door, and he stayed. And I couldn't ask for a better person. He makes me proud every day. I'm not worried about him at all. He had every reason to not be a good kid. He had every reason to get into trouble and be a jerk or be ungrateful. And he's been an incredibly resilient person throughout his life, you know? So as much as it on the surface might've seemed like D'Angelo needed us and we're this, you know, family that took him in and whatever, it's D'Angelo's given all of us a lot more than I think that we've ever given him. And he's an incredible person and I'm really proud of him. He's a survivor.
0: He found a way to survive with a very young parents, single parent uh, family.
2: And um, he found a way to be successful in school, successful in track. He had some success in football, but really we recruited him for his development potential. And uh, I think some of those survival skills that, that he had learned didn't necessarily prepare him for, for college.
4: And so he got here and changed his mind on some things and, and decided that the best thing for him was to go home. 18 year old freshman. Uh, not knowing what to expect at all. And for some reason, I just hated everything. I hated the school, hated the people. Still loved football, but I just wasn't enjoying it. I just was so unhappy. And one day, I was like, I'm gonna just go home. I talked to Kalani, I was like, I need to go home. This is not good for me right now.
5: He had all of these years, 18 years, or however long it was, living in a life where he felt alone a lot of the time and he didn't have that family unit that he wanted. And so for him to just have moved in at the end of his senior year, get this whole group of people, we have a big family, so he has all these people around him and then he goes to a completely different state with completely different people and not knowing anyone. I think it's a really hard transition for anyone, let alone someone with feeling like they have an unstable background, you know, not having the support that you've wanted your whole life and then being ripped away from anything you do have. But then you come home and you're like, do I want to work at a grocery store and push shopping carts? He loves football, regardless of anything else. He loves football.
0: We couldn't have presented him with
2: the same learning experience that he went and got for himself. And so credit him for, for knowing that BYU wasn't the right place for him. And then again, credit him for knowing that at a later time, it was.
4: He realized that this is the best place for him, you know, and he's done a great job being here, being a part of our culture, being a part of our system, and being a part of representing Jesus Christ and, and what the school is all about here, you know, our mission. So I've been really proud of him. And that's all stuff off the field, right? On the field, I've been really proud of things that he's done in improving his, his playing ability, improving our level of trust, for that he's gained from the, his teammates and from his coaches and I'm just looking for him to just take off from this moment. Looking back on it, it's just this place hasn't changed, people haven't changed, the school, everything's the same. The issue at the time was just me. I just wasn't ready. I needed to take that year, year off and be at home and see how bad things were and just really soak everything in and understand that this place I need to be, this is where I want to be.
5: After his year of not being a student athlete, when he took his year off and he was home, and we saw all of that play out, he came back to school. My mom and I went to his first game. He walked onto the field and we saw him, we were so excited and we both started crying separately, not together, not looking at each other or whatever, and we were so proud. And I have five brothers, D'Angelo's one of them, and I couldn't have been more proud of him. You know, that was like the culmination of so many things, and it's the beginning of a new journey, but. Watching my brother walk onto the field with his jersey on, our name on the back, I, like, couldn't have been more proud to be his sister.
1: Deep Blue, presented by America First Credit Union, we're here to help.
2: What a hard life, man. What a hard life. He grows up alone, essentially, and then the Mandels take him in. So when he came to BYU, he was D'Angelo Gunter. That was his given name, his biological name. He took their last name on. So what an emotional time for Ruby and the family to see him run out with Mandel on the back of the jersey. And he continues to have that on the back of his uh, jersey. He had two tackles against Texas State. He's working his way into more playing time. But guess what? There's a lot of BYU fans that are D'Angelo Mandel fans. Yeah.
1: And uh, that connection there. Man, I love that story. I love that family.
2: Wow. Right. And they're not uh, members of the church or BYU fans, by the way. They just were friendly. Right. It's and, incredible. And they've been blessed by his humanity. In their life.
1: You know, yeah. just Christ like spirit. It's, and
2: they're BYU fans now, which is cool. Love it. Okay, coming up, who gets today's Rise and shout out and
0: delete.
1: Plus Know the Foe Hilltopper Edition. This is BYU
0: Sports Nation. Deep Blue on BYU Sports Nation is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward.
1: BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU
2: radio apps. If you demand it, you shall have it. We have a podcast as well. Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and please subscribe, rate, and review.
1: Let's play Know the Foe, Western Kentucky edition. Ben Bagley, take it away.
0: What's up, Ben? All right, guys. Went to the security firm of Nelson and Murdoch today, and they just deemed that Jerem gets to go first. We'll camera. He's on cam, you're on the camera for the first time in like yeah, a long hello. time. What's hello. up? You're back. All right, which TV show was WKU's Big Red not on? Okay. Has not made an appearance on? Is it Jeopardy, Deal or No Deal, Will of Fortune, or The Ellen DeGeneres Show? Wow. Ellen? Mm. Nope, that was Jeopardy. He's what? not been on Jeopardy. <laughs> Big Red's been on the other three? He has. That's incredible. Alright, Spencer, which of the following is not listed as an inspiration or motivation in the creation in the creation of Western Kentucky mascot okay. Big Red. Okay. The San Diego chicken. <laughs> not playing into the Kentucky hillbilly stereotype. Oh boy. The red towel waving student body. Or an ink stain on creator Ralph Carey's sketchpad.
1: I'm going to go with B, Ben.
0: No, they absolutely did not want to play into the Hillbilly stereotype. The ink stain is the correct answer. Wow. <laughs> All right, Diego Chicken. Torold Deshaun Smart, a former Hilltopper athlete, is better known as Shaka Smart, Texas mm. head coach. Oh, nice. Rod Smart, oh, a.k.a. he hate me from the AXFL. <laughs> Keith Smart, Indiana head basketball coach, or Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics. I don't think it's Marcus Smart because he went to uh, Oklahoma State. I thought. He went to Oklahoma State. How about he hate me?
2: It is he hate me. (laughs) Jerem gets the first correct answer and he wins. Dude, Ron Smart went to Western Kentucky. (laughs) He hate
0: me. XFL, dude. Part one. All right. Last one. Jerome got the right answer. He wins. First one. It's got to the point where first one gets the right answer.
1: (laughs) Difficult questions. Well done, Ben. Thanks for being back on camera. Good to see you. Our question of the day. If the cost of BYU having a great season is Zach Wilson <laughs> leaving early, are you okay with that? Yes. And why? In response, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Neil underscore three on Instagram. Yes, he's okay with it. If the nation is watching BYU to put a quarterback into day one or two of the draft, their perspective on BYU's ability to bring in top talent changes, especially on the offensive side of the ball.
2: I like it. Today's Rising out presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. In case you missed it, there's a parent named Guacamole that knows a fight song.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is so ridiculous.
2: Go Cougars, indeed. <laughs> Love it. Our
1: thanks to Guacamole and today's guests Beth Moens and D'Angelo Mandel.
2: <laughs> Guacamole. Sorry to notice but a We ran out of time. Conversation. But we had time for a parrot. <gasps> Twice. Conversation continues on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Use hashtag BYU. For
1: Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Michael Yeck. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. Dance around.
2: <laughs>